and welcome back to the spoiler cast the show where we talk about movies and we don't care about spoiling them my name is tobias and with me as always is my sister and trusted co-host rebecca hello hello and this is a bit of a special episode because this is actually a patreon request Yes. We, we got a request, which you, you, that's part of the perks if you enter in on the $3 tier or higher. If you tell us, hey, I want you to review this movie, we will. Yeah. I mean, I guess I draw the line at porn, but we'll, we'll <laughs> cross we that bridge to, when we get there. We need to be able to find it as well uh, somewhere. Okay, as well. Um, but yeah, so hey, if you want us to re- if you review a movie, check us out on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. But yeah. today, the request was not a porno. No, uh, thank God. <laughs> it was one of the uh, uh, picture, uh, motion picture best. I don't know what the fuck. Best what is the picture? category called? Is it best picture? I think, I think so. so. Yeah. Uh, nominees uh, at the Oscars this year: uh, American Fiction. Yeah. Which was requested by uh, our uh, patron Daniel Del Gaiso. Ah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you. Um. So we thought. We're going to talk about American fiction, but we're also going to talk a little bit about the Academy Award nominees, Best Picture nominees we haven't talked about yet. Yes. Uh, but we'll focus mostly on American fiction. So we'll start with that. Um, and also just want to say, if you like the show, be sure to hit the subscribe button if you're here on, on YouTube or if you're, if you're listening to this on any, anywhere else, just click the follow button. Uh, it helps immensely. And leave your comments what you think about the movies we talk about. But other than that... American fiction. Uh, it's uh, it's a uh, I, I would say comedy, right? Yeah. 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 I'd, more, yeah. More comedy than drama. Written and directed by Court Jefferson, starring uh, Jeffrey Wright, yes. uh, a novelist who's fed up with the establishment, profiting from black entertainment, uses a pen name to write a book that propels him into the heart of the hypocrisy and madness he claims to disdain. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's the movie. <laughs> that is really the movie. That's yeah. literally the movie. So we're going to do this very, very traditionally. I'm going to ask you, what did you think of American fiction? Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was great. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, it was, it was almost like, you know, every, an everyday movie. Cause it's, it's very mundane in, in what it is, but then you throw in the whole, um, um, criticizing of like using your color or your background yeah. to gain fame, even though it's yeah he's 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 competing or not competing. What's the word? He's um um what judging? Judging, yeah the 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 generalization of black people. No, yeah, that too. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is this big thing? Like he uh, Thelonious Monk Ellison, uh, yes. played by uh, Jeffrey Wright, um. He's a writer that has struggled uh, very much with um, kind of shedding uh, his identity as a black man, a black Mm -hmm. writer, and just to be a writer. Yes. And he finds uh, this, uh, this, um, I don't don't know, uh, this modern modern thing of, of, of really... Uh, leaning into modern black culture and using it as a way to, you know, become famous. Yeah, he he finds it kind of distasteful, which I understand. Yes, definitely. Especially since that's not his truth, so to speak. Yeah, he didn't grow up like that. 
No. At all. Um, but then, yeah, his writing career has kind of stagnated. He had one successful book, and yeah. uh, he hasn't been able to write a big one since then. You. He hasn't been, write, been able to write, write at all since then, I think. Or at least like, get something that He had like one or two after that, and then, but all they right. didn't do well, so he kind of stopped. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, he sees the success of uh, the, the, the new, the flavor of the month writer, the lady, who, do you uh, remember the name of her book? Oh, no. It's some... It was something dumb. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the title, it's it's written in Ave, as it's called, which uh, is African-American vernacular. Yeah. It's supposed to sound, you know, sound like, sort of like, we had actually a book like that in Sweden, uh, so way, a long time ago now, well, yeah, pretty long time ago. Called Ögerrätt. Remember that? No. Uh, an eye, a red eye. I guess the book was called. It was written by uh, uh, an, an an immigrant to Sweden, I think, um, and it was written in the kind of language that you know immigrant immigrant kids use here in, in Sweden. And a lot of slang, a lot yeah. of borrowing words from like uh, you know Middle Arabic Eastern Arabic and Turkish and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, and it was it was super it was it was so super cool, you know, because uh, all the like in this movie all the all the white people could really you know understand what it is to yeah. be a black person growing up in America and uh, yeah he sees it as kind of false because it, it's not every black person's uh, reality th- this this book that kind of writing he he didn't grow up like that none no one in his family grew up like that no so he kind of yeah he rages against it. But then try, one one try night, to find what the the book was called. Her book was called, but I'm, I can't. It's probably in the trailer. Yeah. But then one night, uh, as he's drinking and imb- imbibing a little bit, um, I think reading through the book because it's it's part of the book festival. He is kind of um, part of the jury over to to um, no- nominate like the book of the year or something. Yeah, and he like. <sighs> I can do this. And he just makes up some super stereotypical black story, basically. Weez lives in the ghetto. Weez lives in the ghetto, yo. <laughs> With, you know, yeah, like that, not that, what, what was it called? African American vernacular, yeah. I think it's called. Like, I got, I got to go check never, that, so I'm not, hold on. I didn't know that there was, that was a thing. I just thought people didn't know how to pronounce ask. <laughs> I, I, Genuinely, yes. I never understood that. African American vernacular English is the variety of English natively spoken, uh, particularly in urban communities, by, mo- yeah. by most working and middle class African Americans and some Black Canadians. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. So, and and this book, of course, then becomes a mega success, but he has yes. penned it under a fake name. Yeah. Uh, oh no! What was it? Um, One eternity later. Yeah, he he writes his book called My Pathology. Oh yeah, spelling pathology, pathology with an F. Uh, yeah, mocking literary cliches expected from black writers. Um, and he yes, <laughs> he uses the pen name Stag R. Lee. Stag, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he starts making, because then he has to start making, uh, you know, interviews and stuff, and just keeps spreading it on thick. Like, how's he? He's on the run. He was on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list and shit. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. That's like their dumb excuse for not having to show his face in case someone recognizes him. Yeah. But I mean, a lot but, of I mean, people... He's he a teacher as well, so the, his kids, the, 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 the students could recognize him if they happen to be watching the show. So yeah, of course he doesn't want to show his face. And, yeah. Because uh, this isn't what he writes normally. No, that's and he true. doesn't yeah. want to be. It was supposed to be a joke, and now it's becoming yeah. his most successful book. And he has to kind of uh, come to terms with that. Uh, and at the same time, he's struggling to keep his family together um, after his yes. uh, after his mother starts showing signs of, of uh, Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. Um, and. Kind of a spoiler, but kind of not. His sister very suddenly passes away in the beginning of the movie. Shit, yeah, that's true. Which I had to, I have to say, it was very strange because the sister is played by uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes. Great actress, and she's in the movie for what ten minutes? Yeah. I was like, wait, wait, you wasted her? Wow. I mean, like I thought she would be around more because she's such a big actress. Yeah. But when she was in it, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, like 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 this whole movie, it's um, it's not a very like it's not very plot heavy. No, it's more about it's it's very very character driven. Yes. Um, and I gotta say, I, I'm just gonna say it was a while I, I watched this because I had already watched this when uh, when I got the request or we got the request, uh, but you watched it recently. I for the first time on like. Well, sometime this week, I don't remember what day. Yeah, so it's a little, it's a little foggy in my head, uh, the the details. But but what it is really is is him, yeah, him struggling with, uh, yeah, kind of coming to terms with the fact that he he wrote this thing, uh, presumably like he writes it as a memoir, like it's supposed to be real. Yeah. And it becomes super success, super successful. I mean, they want to turn it into a movie. Yeah, like weeks after it's barely released. Yeah, and at the same time, he is he is trying to uh, you know, fix uh, uh, yeah, fix up his family life. Yeah, which is very not very much uh, the complete opposite of, of the the life he kind of created for his character Stagger Lee mm-hmm. in the book. Yeah. And kind of how how the two uh, co- not contradict each other, but how they um, um, d- what do you say when they, what do you say when they don't mirror each other? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, how they uh, how how they differ basically. Yeah. Um. um yeah. It's it's fascinating to see also how he and um the other because in this little. He gets nominated or picked for a little commit- committee to choose um, the most important book of the year or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and him and one other woman, uh, this Sintara Golden, who re- wrote that other book, then that has the the AV um, language. Yeah. They're the only black ones in this committee. And both of them agree that this this book that he's written, which they don't know that he wrote, is more or less trash. Yeah. Funny thing is that her book is basically exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so they kind of try to. Well, he he then he becomes kind of uh, he becomes uh, kind of miffed, like, Ooh, why why do you say that my pathology is worse than Weez lives in the ghetto? Yeah, and she becomes very defensive. Yeah, and can't really explain it though, other than 
I made I did a lot of research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's basically all she says. I put a lot of work into this. It's like, sure, and he didn't technically. No. But it just proves that maybe you don't have to do a lot of research when you're writing that kind of book because it's 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 very simple in what it's trying to say. Yeah. It's just you know it's it's your generic black family story. Black American family story, I should say. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, exaggerated to what white people see black people like, basically. Yeah, and I mean, and that's, that's, that's really the big thing. Like, all the people who are excited about this book are white people. Yes. And it's also, it's also a little bit like how they can uh, uh, profit from the book. Yes, they definitely. Want, they they instantly want to make it into like a, a bestseller. They want to mer- turn it into a movie and all this. Even when they'll he, agree to anything, yeah, because as long as a, they can get to release it, even renaming it, <laughs> <laughs> which is the dumbest thing ever that they agreed to. Yeah, yeah, Re- renaming it to fuck. Yeah, and they just go okay. Yeah, and they're like um uh. Fine, sure. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. It's bold. It's daring. It's, uh, I think they even say it's black. (laughs) (laughs) Which was also like, I, okay, sure. (sighs) But it's fun. It's interesting to watch how this, um, changes Monk. Yeah. Throughout all of this. How he, he, he leans into it, but then he, like very, he has two very separate characters, but then in the end, he's having a hard time separating them, basically, or coming to terms with the fact that um, Stag is more popular and more interesting than Monk or Thelonious, the actual writer. Yeah, and how that puts a strain on his relationships, not just with his family that already is strained, and is already in turmoil in general, but then also with his new girlfriend, Coraline. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and it's also caught in, in, in this thing, like, he, he, that, like we said, he, he, he wishes to, uh, yeah, to, to not be locked down as a black writer. Yeah, I think that's the first thing he says, like, when his publisher calls, um, he says the book isn't doing too well, something, something, he's like, yeah, but you know what they want, he's like, yeah, but they want a black book, yeah. This is a black book. It is a black book. book. It's written by a black person. By a black writer. Yeah, yeah. And his, uh, I think it's Arthur, right? Played by John Ortiz. Yes. Also, Uh, very small role. Very, very good. Yes. Like, well, you know what they want. Exactly. They want a black book. Yeah, and that's that's where the genius of the movie lies, in in that, uh, uh, like, black culture, especially in America, but in in the world... Yeah. In, in in the Western world, I suppose, is so it's so it's so like engraved into into like into every black person. Like it's perceived like like it's this is a hard one to talk about. I don't want to come yes. off as like <laughs> ignorant or, or, or racist. But it's the fact that as a black person, a black writer in this case, you are you are people. People expect you to write a certain kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and and if you don't, it's not interesting. Which in in its own way is very racist. Yes. Uh, it's the kind of uh, 
it's the kind of we've talked about the liberal racism where like oh we, you they like all the all the all the white movie producers and white uh, uh, um, uh, what are they called bookfilog uh, publishing, publishing companies. companies yeah they 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 really they really want to <clears throat> they really want to sell the you know the black experience yes unless but they the only black, know yeah one black experience unless the black experience doesn't line up with what they think the black experience is yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what he's trying to 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 reveal here really yeah um pr- problem is though and that's that's where the the complexity lies in is for a lot of black people my pathology and we lives in the ghetto is their experience sure that's why aave exists like it's it's definitely they have they um, I mean, because that's that's unless I'm understanding this the wrong way, it's kind of a remnant of the fact that uh, black people early on in America weren't given proper educations, so they they, they didn't they didn't they didn't speak correctly, quote unquote. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Yeah, and then they kind of you know owned it, yeah. S- same way you know that they owned the N word, like they, they yeah. t- turned into a point of pride, sort of. Exactly. Um. So to kind of belittle that especially from a black writer is also kind of weird it's also kind of weird so it's this however super complex thing it's very yeah there's two things to this is that part obviously but then there's also like not accepting that there are people black people who have another reality yeah of course is also racist because there are a lot of like in his family a lot of doctors a lot of writers a lot of well-educated people who speak correctly if you want to be like that specific yeah like none of none of the, none of his his brothers or sisters or, or family at all is uh, stereotypically black, you know. Yeah, they're not ghetto or whatever. Yeah, they're all they live in this giant house. Yeah, they have a, they have yeah, a they fucking in house maid. Yeah, they have a beach house. They have like a third house, I think. Yeah, that they actually sell off. The the, um, the brother with is the pool and everything. Yeah, his brother played by uh, what's his name uh, Sterling K. Brown. Uh, if anything, yeah. is very stereotypically gay. Yes, and and goes even more gay once he's out of the closet, which yeah. happens. Or well, it has happened just before the movie starts. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess I guess the the movie, and that's that's why I really want wait. Blah, 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 blah. That's what I really like about this movie. It does not try to like. It's, it's 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 not a finger wagging movie. It's not trying to like. No. Well, this is this is what you don't understand about black culture. Yeah. Thing. No. It's not trying to justify one or the other. No, it's not it's trying to moralize showing... one or the other. It's 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 pointing out it's po- pointing out the the absurdity and the hypocrisy <laughs> of, of of all of this and yeah uh, and that both can exist really yeah and and uh, with the risk of sounding a bit a bit li- liberal like how we're all <laughs> actually kind of the same sort of yeah but that's and I and I, I think. We kind of have to go go into to uh, spoilers a little bit. Sure. Uh, how long you in are we? Well, we, we are twenty game. minutes in, so fuck it. Uh, spoilers for the ending, really. Yes. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. As he is helping uh, the 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 film the the film to to you know he's there to to um, Adam Brody. <laughs> Adam Brody, the, the producer, director, blah blah blah. Uh, he's helping them with the script. He he. Uh, they want to change the ending, or he want to change the yes. ending. Yes. And we see three different endings. Yes. Which is kind of a cop out. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Where? Where? Yeah. It ends with him ex- explaining everything. He goes up because they, they win an award for the book, of course, and he goes up on stage and just says, "It's all a scam." Like I am Stagar Lee. Yeah. This was all just basically a joke. Yeah. And you all fell for it. Yeah. And people don't like him for it. You. But then at the same time, since the FBI now for some reason are looking for Stagger Lee. Yeah, because he he's he's been all throughout the movie he's been spinning this this story about how Stagger Lee is a fugitive and that's why he doesn't want to show his face. But shouldn't the FBI is, know that they're not looking for someone called Stag? Yeah, because <laughs> they don't have they don't have him on the record for doing something bad, so yeah. they can't like. They're just like, oh, he says he's on the run, then we need to catch him. Yeah. I don't know if that's a comment on on <clears throat> how stupid the police is. Or, you know, you know, uh, how we presume all black people are criminals. It's Yeah. There there it's a bit of that in there as well. Yes. <clears throat> but then there's also a, a, an ending where I guess that's two endings. And then the third ending is him just running away from there to be with his new girlfriend who is he has kind of shunned as 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 the story goes on. Yeah, he gets annoyed with her because she she really she likes calls for the rules. She likes the book. Yeah, and he he, he can't wrap his head around. She, he she liked one of his earlier books as well. Yeah, like people can like different kinds of books, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to like just one specific book. And the movie ends with him standing there at her door, saying like, "I'm I'm not really sure, like what I think or what I know." Yeah, which I think it's a little bit of a cop out. Yes, but I do like the ending because it's the, the movie doesn't really have an ending. No, that's the thing though. It, it's just showing us that you know it could end either way because you know all realities are real for someone. Yeah, which then all of this is what someone is going through basically. Yeah, which of course kind of uh, ties into the fact that like there's no definitive answer what is what it means to be a black person. No, or exactly. what it means to you know what it what what racial uh, identity is like yeah you can you can you can be you can be black and and write you know books about ancient history and stuff very very unblack i suppose sure yeah uh so he yeah there's not there's not really an answer cuz there's not supposed to be one no cuz everyone can live their lives you can be proud of your heritage and still be a completely different person than the one you grew up with yeah. basically you can you can come from the ghetto, not be ghetto. You can stay in the ghetto if you want to. You know, there's all kinds of ways in life. Yeah, no. Which I would say that that's that's the strongest part of this, except for the ending. It's it's so very well written. Yes. I would like to read because it's based actually based on a book, which makes this very matter. Right. <laughs> it's a movie based on a book about a guy writing a book that turns into a movie. Yeah. And then the Halfway- ending of this movie is the ending of the movie. In That's the, the thing I'm a bit confused about. <laughs> like, when does it? When does the movie we're watching become the movie he's writing? It's hard to tell. And when are we actually watching the movie we are watching? <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, it's Inception kind of. It's part of. The, it's part of the confusion, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he's writing his story, but also not his story, you know. Yeah. It's and, so weird, but it's so good. Yeah, and it's you don't like you said you don't need to know really. No, just yeah, how, it's just there. And and like I said, the writing is so good. Oh yes, uh, the 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 dialogue is so sharp. Uh, like like I said, the, the the plot is very very interesting and complex. Yeah, in, in all that in all that it uh, uh, explores. 
<clears throat> but it's also so well made and and uh, uh, it's complex, but it's it's e- easy to follow along. Still, yeah, it's not like the- it's one of those movies where you have to like totally focus and like no uh, rewind to like did I actually understand that part? No, no, you could just. It's almost like a feel good movie in the way it's oh, yeah. so easily easy and digested. Yeah, but um, but it also ha- but it still it has lifts something these to complicated. Say. Yeah. Moral questions, basically. <laughs> this is a, this is a classic. One of, this is one of those movies where you could show, you could show it to someone who like, well, only, only like you know, I just want to watch something, something simple, something funny yeah. and exciting. Yeah. You could show them this, and they would, you know, they would laugh because it's funny. But they also, they would yes. also make them like, huh, think. Most likely, you know, <laughs> like, <Lester. clears throat> which which is very, very funny so. because that's that's I, I I see myself a little bit in Jeffrey Wright's character. Not the black part, but the fact that, like, he, he's, of course not. I'm very not black. Uh, no, we're as white as they come. Yeah. Uh, that's why I wear a white shirt today. Oh, See? Yeah. There's a theme. There's a theme. Anyway. I, uh, I did not do this intentionally. Um, that he that he's desperate to try to, like, educate people. Like, yes. to think about... Other things is why he doesn't he doesn't want to dumb down the black experience to just we lives in the ghetto. Yeah, like he wants it. He wants he wants to show a different side of the black experience. Yes, but he can't because people don't want to watch that or leave because. That. And I bring this up very very often. Most people are dumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the the you know the the writers of those kind of books they aim for average and they they yeah. hit the bullseye every time. It's like oh, I loved that metaphor that uh, um, um, uh, Arthur did in the office when he tried to explain, like, uh, what people want. Yeah. With the Jim was it Jim Beam. The oh red yeah, label, yeah. The blue, black label, and the blue label. Yeah, yeah. With the prices not ah, uh, we should practically clip that and just put it in because it's fantastic. Johnny Walker Red, twenty four bucks. Johnny Walker Black, fifty bucks. Johnny Walker Blue. $160. You see the metaphor? No. These are all made by the same company. The red is shit, the black is less shit, the blue is good. But fewer people buy the blue because it's expensive. And at the end of the day, most people just want to get drunk. For most of your career, your books have been blue. They're good, complex, but they're not popular because most people want something easy. Now, for the first time ever, you've written a red book. It's simple, prurient. It's not great literature, but satisfies an urge. And that's valuable. What I'm trying to illustrate is that just because you do red doesn't mean you can't also do blue. You can do it all. That was like the best way of explaining anything, really. Yeah. Uh, when it comes what, to what people what want. What people like, the thing they like, yeah. Yeah. And why it's so hard to get them to kind of get branch a, out, branch out, especially when it comes to art. Yeah, really anything, but specifically art, because it's what it's about. It's about yeah. writing. Um, yeah, and that's 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 what I struggle with so much when I talk about movies here, when I talk about movies with friends, co- colleagues. It's just like, but I also saw this really weird but interesting movie, and they're like, oh, oh, okay. It's what you struggle with even trying to make videos on YouTube. Yes. It's what 
I struggle with even trying to like post things on Instagram for us. <laughs> yeah. Even though I ha- I have very simple things to post, I'm like, this is so dumb. That is that is that is why um I remember like for several years I said like we should do more like reviews of smaller movies that are more interesting, yeah. thought provoking. Um but then we always just revert back to mainly Clicks. popular movies and sometimes yeah. weave in here and there some classics and some smaller movies because and because that's what people want to see. Yeah, and until you've become PewDiePie, yeah. <laughs> you can't really... Or Jenna Marble, specifically, I have to say, because she's, she's the master of doing whatever she wants. Yeah. Um, literally, I mean, she's not even online and people are still watching her. Oh, videos. yeah. Um, unless you've at, you're at that level, no, you have to cater to what the audience wants. Yeah. It's once you've become that level of famous that you can do whatever you want and people will still watch it yeah. or read it or buy it. That's why I was really happy uh, a few years ago. I guess he still kind of does it, but uh, PewDiePie actually had like a book club. Oh, yeah. Where he, he he read like some really heavy stuff, like some old some old Roman like philosophy stuff. Yes. Uh, I think he read like Meditations by... What is Marcus Aurelius, I think, and I read that the the book that kind of created um, Stoicism, which I even yeah. I haven't read that. I've just I've just read parts of it. <laughs> um, but like like because there, there's there's so much there's so much uh, information, so much knowledge, so much you can learn from stuff like that. But people just like no, but I really like Endgame. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Endgame is fun, but that. <laughs> damn it! Uh, yeah, well, it's so that that's that's why this is this is this is a movie. This is an important movie for so many different reasons, yes. for the whole black experience thing, but also for the fact that there is there's there's an entire world out there of of experiences that people aren't getting because we're only we're only getting the the generic bullshit. We're only we're only following mainstream. We're so afraid of swimming upstream. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Branching off. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, like I said, I'm, I I do like that. They don't try to like force you. Like, do you understand now, stupid simple people? This is what you should. They don't do that. But it's also like the, the movie in the end kind of goes like, okay, whatever. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Which that's the only thing that I mean. I gave this four and a half. Uh, on yeah. um, uh, letterboxed. letterboxed. What did I write? I gave it a four. I didn't. Oh, I, didn't, but I, I didn't write anything. I just, I just <laughs> rated it. I, did, I didn't. I didn't write much. I just wrote. Damn! I wish I had been able to watch this earlier. It would definitely have ended up on my top ten list of twenty twenty three. Yeah, because this is technically a twenty twenty four release here in Sweden. It's on uh, Amazon Prime now in Sweden. Yeah. I, so <laughs> then I wrote. It's a twenty twenty three release for everything else, yeah. basically. <laughs> and then I wrote. Um, it's so visceral and real. And as a white person, that's exactly what I want, which is basically <laughs> what they say in the movie. Yeah. No, but yeah, I give it a four and a half. If the ending was a little more concrete, which and I do like, the the Open kind of endings. you know you make you make it up yourself in the end. But yeah. this kind of movie needed more of a concrete ending. It would have been a five out of five for me, because everything is so good here. Uh, especially like we said, the writing, but especially Jeffrey, goddamn right. Yes. He is so good in this. <laughs> yes. Like I've liked him for a long time. Um but this is this this feels like one of his first like big leading roles. 
I actually can't think of anywhere I've seen him before, like off the top of my head. Well, that's the weird thing. Well, you you did see him. He was in. You have seen him. He's he's kind of a chameleon, and he's never the starring guy. He was the general in Astrid City. Oh yeah, you know the guy. He was uh, Lieutenant Gordon. Commissioner Gordon, or Lieutenant oh, Gordon, right, Batman. In Batman. But he's such a chameleon as an actor, you didn't, you, you can't barely tell, because he's a completely yeah. different character in that movie. Um, That's good though. <laughs> yeah, he's he great. actually plays the character; he doesn't play, you know, yeah. himself. So he's a great actor. Um, I didn't love the show, but he is amazing in Westworld. Oh, he's Beatty in the Hunger Games Mockingjay. I don't know. Okay, sure. And Catch Me If You I don't know. Uh, oh, he's really unrecognizable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's such a great actor. I I know him. I think I first. Holy shit! I've seen him in a lot of things. Yes, you have. Um, he he plays uh, Felix Leiter, the CIA agent in uh, the uh, the new Bond movies, and he's in yeah. he's in all. I think he dies in the last one because that movie sucked, killed everyone. Still haven't seen that everything. one, and I don't care. Yeah. Um. And that's that's where I think I saw him the first in in Casino Royale in two thousand and six, and then I remember he he, he just pops up here and there. Um, well, I have seen him in things before this. I see, but I don't don't you you don't like I said didn't realize it was no because he kind of blends in. Yeah, he's an amazing actor. Yeah. Uh is this his first nomination? Big. Yes, nominated for one Oscar. Probably, yeah. It's, uh, and it's for this year, I think. Well, duh, it is this year. I know it is this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... No, yeah, I agree. And I, I gave this a four. Because um, we rate movies a little bit differently. Yeah. I, this is not like a, a fantastic, uh, best, perfect movie that I will rewatch over and over and over. It's not a masterpiece in like... Uh, cinematography. No, I, I know what There's, you mean. I know what you mean. It's we talked about this, so we talked about Dune, uh, Part Two, whatever it's called. Yeah, like that movie. Yeah, I, we were both like so ecstatic over that, but I think gave it a four because it does not have that that staying power, and I don't think this yeah. has that either. This is this is yeah. very much a movie of its time. Yes. Um, and <laughs> once again, at the this risk of, of sounding movies. stereotyping, it feels very much like a. <laughs> 2010s slash 2020s black movie. <laughs> it feels uh, like one of those movies that kids should watch in school when they're like 15 or older to then talk about it. Yeah. Because it, it opens up for a lot of discussions about, you know, like we just did, like the black uh, experience, uh, media in general, um, how how very different things can be, and how how many different experiences people can have, even though they are the same kind of people, you know? Yeah. No, I think it's it's a great movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I if 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 this was in twenty twenty three for us, it would definitely definitely be nominated for some spoilers. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Jeffrey Wright, definitely. Oh yes. Uh, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Cord? No. The writer, director? Cord Jefferson, sorry. Cord <laughs> Jefferson. I switched it. Uh, definitely nominated for both of those. I would even go as far as to say Best Picture nomination. Oh, yeah. So this is one of those where I, I understand. I understand why the Academy picked it. Yes. I'm wondering I'm wondering if they did it for the same reason that all the, the white people in the movie 
picked the book. Now, you know? this is a perfect segue into the rest of the Oscar nominations. Uh, yeah. Because I, I just want to... Yeah, go for oh, it. Oh, I, mean, I was just going to say, because that, that's also, like, I, I know that the Academy is not all white, but it's mostly white. Yes. So they must have seen, like, they're make, they're, they must have understood that, like, oh, they're making fun of us for being that obvious as white people. Yes. But then also, if they wouldn't have nominated that then, then it would be obvious why they didn't nominate it. Yeah. So it's a bit of a, like, you sneaky bastard, Core Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know what this is? This is a right kind of Oscar bait, I would say. Oh, yeah. Like, you better nominate us. Or, you know. or else, you know. <laughs> or else you, 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 you reveal yourself as idiots who didn't get the movie. Yeah. But if you do it, you're playing right into our hands. Yeah. And that, yeah, leads us into... All that, of that's the our nomination. That, yeah, that's our review of, of American Fiction. Yes. Really, really good movie. Like I said, it's on Prime now, at least here in... It should be everywhere, I think. Yeah, I think so. Check it out, for Christ's sake. Yes. It's an amazing movie. Now, but, talking about the other Oscar nominations for Best Picture, yes. uh, everything except for Anatomy of a Fall, because we could not find that anywhere to watch for some weird reason. No, no not here in Sweden, anywhere. it was in... <laughs> It was, yeah, it was in theaters in, like, November, I think. Yeah. We skipped it then because it's two and a half hours fucking long. I thought it was in French as well, so... Yeah. I wasn't really feeling French at the moment, and we had other things to do. (laughs) And now it's not available anywhere in Sweden, so, yeah. Not even online, you know. Yeah, online. Except for that one, we've watched all of the nominations. Yes. Uh, We're gonna skip... Caveat... I still haven't finished Poor Things. Yeah, you didn't miss much. We're going to skip the four ones that we've actually already done episodes on. Yeah. And that is Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Barbie. Yeah. Uh, Just want to mention that two of those are are partially nominated just because of what they are and not because they're good, even though they are. Because both of those were nominated as Best Picture for us as well. Which is Past Lives and Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh. They're a bit of, of, a, of a virtue. Well, Oppenheimer as well. Sure, yeah, that's true. But it's also like, uh, you know, uh, that one is at least, at least they're white. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we need to talk about the holdovers, poor things, Maestro, and the zone of interest. Yes. And I feel like at least three of them, or if not all four of them, are also kind of nominated because not just because they're good, which most of them are. Yeah. Um, but they're also nominated because if they didn't, that would be a bad thing. Yeah, a little bit. Specifically, um, the one you didn't watch, Poor Things. Yes. We can just quickly go about that one. Let's go. Let's go over. I watched the first hour. <sighs> yeah. I think. Yeah. I gave up somewhere in, in Lisbon. Lisbon. Yeah. Uh, that The movie takes place partly in Lisbon. And I was just like, I know where this is going. Uh, I don't. I don't appreciate this. Uh, I actually made comments. I had to write I, down I, things because I got annoyed. I also, <laughs> I also. I also think it's. It's kind of a, a, a detriment to the point it's trying to make. Yes. But uh, yeah, you talk more about it because you've actually finished it. So uh, the, the the movie gets points for being stylish. I'll give it that. Sure. It's beautiful in the way they've decided to style things and and the set pieces and all that stuff it's pretty it's very pretty it yeah. reminds me of um oh no what's the movie we watched not too far not too long ago 
for me, I think Bo is afraid. I didn't watch Bo is afraid, so no, that's true. Uh, but it reminds me of the hotel movie that the Asteroid City guy did, the West Anderson movie. What's it called? Oh, um, uh, Grand Budapest. Yes. Grand Budapest Hotel. With the Grand with Budapest. the whole set pieces and all that stuff. Yeah, that everything looks like a set. Yes. It's very in that way. It's very cinematic, and I do like that. Yeah, and and the fashion and this the the uh, dresses and all that stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Open door, basically. I, I applauded for that. It's like, wasted it's, it's... on this very strange story, which is trying to um, portray female emancipation, I assume. Yeah. But That's they're a big also, thing from what I understand. They're also kind of, um, there's a word for it, like, that has to do with infants? Infantil- infantilizing. Infantilizing yeah. women as well. Especially in the beginning when they have grown-ass men falling in love with this simpleton of a woman who basically li- a child who literally has the brain of a child yeah and that's i found that's that that's pedophilia incredibly disturbing yes i was disgusted and i i've i've watched people talk about the movie nobody mentions that no that was the first i wrote down literally wrote down a pretentious way of showing two very different ways of depriving a child of her childhood that was the first yeah. thought i had of this and then showing three different ways of depriving women of freedom, of possession and jealousy, the unfair life of women. Sure, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, sure. But then it's also, you know, in a dumb, artsy, fartsy, pretentious way. Yeah. It's scandalous even in the fact that they're <clears throat> literally pining over a brain of a one-year-old. Yeah. And and it, <laughs> does, does it end with her, like, leaving all the men in her life behind her? It doesn't! Okay, good! This is exactly what I thought was going to happen. There's a thing. There's a rapid rapid development of her, obviously. Uh, She she learns things very quickly. She becomes developed much earlier than a normal child would because, you know, it's a movie. (laughs) Um... uh, In the end, she... uh, Right after where you basically left off, she ends up in Paris. And she's figured out that, you know... By now, she's figured out that sex is great. Uh, in Paris, she learns that you can make money from having sex or furious bouncing or whatever the fuck she calls it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is also for crying out loud. And which even which makes uh, Mark Ruffalo's character even more angry with her because, oh, he, he wants her to be pure, but, you know, with anyone yeah, else except it's for the- him. It's the it's the it has to be both both uh what what is it Madonna and a whore or whatever it is uh yeah something like that yeah uh that you're supposed to be uh you know saint what what is Borgor says uh <laughs> oh no what is know. it ah shit yes a a wonderfully misogynistic quote about that it's possession it's jealousy it's wanting to have yeah. something for yourself and wanting to play with the toy only for you kind of thing yeah. she's just a pretty toy to him and as soon as he has to share her it loses its value she's yeah. a whore yeah. now she's not valuable yeah even though he likes that she's super sexual yes but only with him with him yeah exactly Does anyone else Ugh, yuck he doesn't even like that she starts developing her her language because she uses these big random words, but then she uses it called then she calls it bumping uglies or whatever she calls it. Yeah. Um. And he he even comments at one point like, ah, I don't like how you're starting to use these strange words. I want you simple, yeah. basically. Because that's that's what men want. Men yeah. want men basically want a real doll. Yes. 
And she is a real doll until she leaves Paris when she has started studying the same things that God studies or Godwin. Yeah. Also annoying that they had to call him God. (laughs) Hey, metaphors. Yeah, I know. Do you get it? (laughs) But it's so on the nose. Yeah, I know. Um, And she even like figures out that that he did something wrong with her, that he made her what she is. She figures out yeah. that her brain is not hers eventually and has to tell her the whole truth. But she's still like, ah, whatever. She doesn't, like, leave. She doesn't rebel. Which I thought she would when she Does finds out... Does she become out- her own woman? Kind of. Is she emancipated in the end? No, she marries... Uh, what's his name? Alex? Oh, the first guy. What? Candles. Candles. That's also really weird. But she does it he... because it's a it's like a it's a mutual like you know platonic marriage basically, which <laughs> is just yeah. strange. And also they throw in a twist of like finding out her history about who she was before she lost her brain. Yeah, which was so unnecessary. <sighs> Listen, it's... I see the point of the movie. I do enjoy some of it, but I find I I like like I said the first hour is just her. Uh, like, like her, her becoming a woman is just her, uh, dis- discovering, uh, uh, <sighs> sexual pleasure. Basically. Like, oh, that that's what it means to become a woman. There's nothing else. There's no, you know, no. there's no, uh, well, you do, you did say that she starts studying and stuff. Like, there's so much more than just sex to yeah, be a, a mainly, person. mainly, this entire movie, like, two-thirds of this movie is about her and, first of all, discovering sex and then discovering s- sexual liberty. Yeah. It's still just and, about sex, though. Yeah. And that diminishes well, that is, the whole female experience. Yeah. Which they're trying to depict but somehow. That is, hey, sort of like in American fiction, that is that is that is what a lot of modern feminists sees as like the most uh, like important thing that you are that you are sexually emancipated. You are you are. That's why you know we 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 celebrate sex workers. Yeah, uh, but because showing... they, they take control over their own bodies and stuff like that. Yeah, but sh- showing a, a a character in this case that does not understand that she's selling her own body and how and yeah. why she's doing it, then selling her own body is not it. No, but she she does it. She's in control, so it's sure. Okay. But she doesn't understand why. No, she has no and, clue why people want to have <clears throat> sex with her if she doesn't like them. No, she even questions it. She's like, wouldn't she questions a a patron like, wouldn't you prefer if the girl was into you? And <laughs> she gets chastised for it, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Like the the the. the Maitre D goes like, no, not Maitre D, the mother of the mother hen or whatever. She's like, yeah. no, you silly girl. Just have sex with the man. Shut up. Yeah. So, and that's also... They're not landing whole... in what they're trying to say. They're just skirting around it and saying it in weird ways and not really hammering it in. Yeah. And that's also a thing with... Uh, this is starting to go into patron territory, but... I know, but whatever. Uh, the, whole, the whole thing with, uh, with sexual liberation... Um, it's also it's it's a double edged sword because yes, of course you should be free to do what you feel within consent, of course, yes. you know, and all that stuff. Uh, no, no animals or children involved. No, um, <laughs> they cannot um, give consent. No, exactly. Um, but there's also then as a, as a sexually liberated person, mainly woman, but men also, 
it is very, very easy to take advantage of you. And if you do not know the full scope of sexual liberation, you will be taken advantage yes. of. Yes. That's why we have human trafficking. That's why we have uh, uh, sex slaves, basically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in, in, the, in the real world, not in this this, uh, this hyper-feminist world. world that this movie takes place in, she would have been kidnapped. She would have been sold off, and they would never have seen her again. No. Sorry, that's what would have happened. Especially since this takes place in, like, the Victorian era. Like, yeah. she would be gone. She would be disappeared in minutes. Yeah, and probably dead That's your sexual liberation. Well. Sorry for saying it, but that's just the truth. Yeah. They're romanticizing something that should not be romanticized in that era. Exactly. It must be, or in any era, it's it's a much more complex subject, uh, subject than just, well, she she's her own woman now. She never says she, no to a man, though. We never get to see her say no to any of the patrons. Which is, she doesn't have to. No, because they're all attractive and she wants to. No, fuck no. We can see on her face that she doesn't want to. She even no. tells one of them that he stinks. And she still lets him fuck her. Like, Yeah, she doesn't... Uh, yeah, Because she uh, doesn't really understand. Because even then, her brain is not fully developed. She is maybe a teenager by then in her head. Yeah. Maybe. And that's why I, first of all, thought that this is a very... This is written by a Very woman, lackluster... Right? Huh? Was this movie written by a woman? I think oh, it's written wait. by Yorgos. Well, and Al... No, wait, listen. It's Tony McNamara and Alistair Gray. Tony, I'm guessing, is a man. I'm assuming their gender, I suppose, but whatever. Uh, and then Alistair Gray. Let me see here. Writer, Tony McNamara. Yeah, that's a dude. Full beard, so I'm gonna assume. Like, I'm sorry, uh, Alistair Gray. He was a writer and director. Was oh was yeah. He's Is he dead? dead? Died oh, in 2019. Okay. Uh, was a writer and actor known for Poor Things, Thirty Minute Theater, and Theater Six Two Five. Old man. Old man. Oh. Uh, and director is Yorgos Lantimos. Uh, Who I really like as a director. He's made one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah, that's a great movie. Why did he not and do he made that the favorite, with this one? <laughs> which is really good. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think this was... Favorite. It feels I, like I, something a woman would do to like try and like be a woman, you know? But yeah. it's made by This is written by old guys. What the fuck? So this is just a bunch of old men writing about this. Now it's even worse this, then. Yeah, this, now it's three this old little men girl who just wants to have sex with everyone. Yeah. <sighs> It's it's this it's a trope. I don't I don't I don't like the guy who made it up. Uh it's it's on YouTube. He's the pop culture detective. It's a super gross fucking uh you know, <laughs> male feminist. I hate him. Sorry. Whatever. I'm just being honest. Yeah, no, but he and he he had a series where he talked about tropes, especially tropes around female characters. He had one called uh was it Born Sexy Yesterday, uh-huh. where you have this very beautiful character that is super naive, sort of like a uh, uh, perfect example is, uh, do you remember The Fifth Element? Yeah. Where uh, uh, Mila Jovovich, she's basically turned into a human, a fully fledged, fully functional human, um, but she she doesn't know anything about the world. Yeah. 
And and every because she's supposed to be like this perfect being, which I mean, Milojovich in the '90s, yes, yes. But uh, <laughs> um, so every man who like looks at her just instantly like yeah. falls in love or lusts after her. Um, so her whole th- and 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 she doesn't understand better. So she kind of like gives in to it, and all. And it turns out that all she is is just a uh, she's she's the fifth element, which is love. Yeah. Um. So it's it's this thing where we you know. Uh, sexualize what is yeah what is basically a child a beautiful child uh, yeah yeah or or uh, not as explicit but fucking Ariel in the Little Mermaid she doesn't know anything about the world but the prince just wisps her off her feet in the original she's even a child yeah <laughs> in the Disney version she's a teenager <laughs> not much better you <laughs> um so and th- this falls into that category for me yeah it's, it's born um... sexy yesterday like she's She's this fully functional woman with a child's brain, so men can take advantage of her, which they do. Yes, throughout this entire movie. Is that movie. a good thing? No. Even though she's emancipated, they still keep taking advantage of her. She's emancipated from her father figure, from God. Yeah. But she's not emancipated from em- from anyone else. Her yeah. her ultimate emancipation is the the fact that she, because you know the twist in the end is that her husband shows up. The man she was oh. married to before she died turns out she killed herself because she didn't want the child she was pregnant with, oh. uh, whose brain is now in her head. Yeah, yeah. And she That's literally sad. did that because her husband forced her to have a child with him. So her emancipation from that was to kill herself. And become How is this that thing. a good thing? And then she accidentally became this this thing. That that he could easily just remarry and have a child with, because she wouldn't yeah. object. Who cares? She just likes doing furious jumping. Furious jumping, yeah, that's what she called it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I see. Uh, I see. I see what they were going for. I think they failed. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think. I don't think it's a terrible movie. It's a. It's a three out of five because it has style. It has good performances and all that. But the script, no. No. It no. also bothers me that, like, even though she develops um, a lot throughout the movie, Emma Stone's character still has these childish ways of certain things. Yeah, she staggers like, around she walks, like a little toddler. Yeah. yeah, it's super weird. I feel like she should, like, if she starts having sex, shouldn't her body and and the way she moves develop as well? Or is she that stiff when they're having sex? Not really. That would be very uncomfortable. <laughs> Though the scenes you see, she's not. I guess. So it's strange. It's strange, and I don't like it. No, well, me I kind of liked it. No, I didn't. So I let's. I generally, I I only gave it points for being stylish. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I didn't finish it, so I won't give it an official rating. But it's a three out of no. five for me. Um. There's one movie I don't really know how to talk a lot about because I found it very strange. Which one? The Zone of Interest. Ah, yes. Let's talk. Because I saw that yesterday. Yeah. You didn't like it at all, right? No. Because you you didn't tell me, but you hinted at that you gave it like a super low score. Oh, yeah. I gave it like a one. (laughs) Okay. If even that. I gave it a half star. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay. It's not pretty, first of all. So it's not fun to look at because it's all very gray. (laughs) There's this horrible background noise of people dying constantly, which just irks yeah. me enormously. That's the point, though. 
uh, I don't really understand what it's trying to say, if I'm being honest. And it's not because it's German. I had subtitles. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I understand that it's like it's like a family drama, but within the borders of Auschwitz, I guess. But yeah, I, it's the that's the the commandant, the 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 the, the chief of Auschwitz, who lives literally next door yeah. to his family to Auschwitz. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's really what they're trying to say is. Uh, that that uh, it's the you've heard the expression the banality of evil yeah like like how 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 um, evil can 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 manifest in the most mundane of 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 ways yeah which a lot of Nazism was because they were always like oh no we are not trying to eradicate the Jew we just you know we're trying to help them we're trying to make them concentrate here in our camp yeah. but they were just burning them you know because they wanted to get rid of them it's uh, it's this you know they're not. I mean, sometimes they were like, but for the most part, they didn't try to be like comic book villains. Like, yes, no, no, no they were normal they people. Kills them all. They were normal people, just you know, doing their jobs, basically. Yeah, that's what they. That's how they saw it. Yeah, they. Uh, they were just like, oh, oh we're just, we're just, we're yeah, hired we're by running, the army. We're you just know. running this uh, factory. Where we burn people because yeah. that's what we do. That's the banana, you know, you accept something so evil, something so vicious. Yes. And that's what this does as well. This this family, uh, who, they, they don't really express much of any anti-Semitism. No, they, the they, mother They don't, like, talk down friends. about it, but they, they mention, like, oh, we have Jewesses living here, and, you know. Yeah, her mo- the mother and the, her friends are, leave these, like, strange little comments that are just, they're not... Super racist, but you know they're racist. Yeah, exactly. And how they then, how they they don't they don't have a problem with living next to this death factory, constantly hearing people screaming, people getting shot, people yelling over loudspeakers, um, and this the, the constant the smell the of constant churning. Yeah, um, <laughs> so that that just shows that you know it's this it's this 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 ignorance of atrocity. Is is evil in and of itself, which it, which it is. Sure, like these are these are evil people who don't have a problem with what's going on. Yeah, I just I just kept but, getting but, the feeling that they were trying to normalize like the people who worked with it. Like they're not the bad guys; they're just doing their job. Yeah, yeah, but there's this thing about you know being passive is also being bad. You know. Yeah, but th- that's what the whole movie is about. But I agree it. It, I think it fails. First of all, we've seen the banality of evil before. Yeah, it's like this is nothing new. The only thing that is new about it is that they filmed it like a Big Brother episode because it's all like <laughs> yeah. cameras hidden all around the 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 com um, the house basically the house and yeah uh, and people just walking through them yeah in the gardens um, and like they're miking up all the rooms. So they could basically just go about their business in the house. There was no like blocking, no direction really. No. Uh, I think I mean they had a script, but I think a lot of the dialogue is um, partially uh, uh, improvised, so stuff like that, just yeah. to make it just to make it as mundane as possible. And, and the horrors, yeah, the horrors of something so regular going on next to the killing of millions of people. Yeah, yeah. and that is horrific. It is, but I, I, 
it doesn't for me at least it didn't it didn't it didn't stick no there's no there's no like making us feel bad for them or bad for the people outside of their wall there's no uh painting anyone really as as a bad person here it's just so meh yeah and i know like, a lot even, of people are even like even towards the end when the when the the father starts coughing off coughing up black stuff and he i'm assuming he developed some sort of sickness from all of the bad stuff he did i don't know chemicals and whatever we still don't feel bad for him we still don't feel like oh he deserved it there's nothing it's just oh he got cancer or something i don't know yeah what i what i what i wrote because I I think it sums it up pretty well. We, we I, I want to read some of the other reviews though, because a lot of people were so a lot of people. I saw uh one guy Thomas Flight, who's not a YouTuber. He oh, we'll get to that because he was very affected by it. Sure. I wrote as an experiment with sound and vision. This is pretty exciting, which it is. I think it is. Um, but that's 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 what uh this director does a lot. He experiments with sound and vision. Yeah. Um, about as a piece of cinema, I find it lacking. The banality of evil is uh, a popular phrase when discussing the Holocaust is on full display here, and it is as affecting as ever. The slow, meticulous pace gradually tries to drive you insane, but at the same time, I fail to feel much of anything. Not because we don't get to see the atrocities that we know are unfolding, mere feet from the house, but because the initial shock of the situation wears off eventually. Yeah. I, in the beginning of the movie, I thought... Not that I would go insane, but that the characters would go insane. Like you can't live next to this. You cannot. You cannot disregard your humanity that much. So you you can hear day in and day out people screaming for their lives. The only person. Go, oh, it's okay. The only person who shows any kind of reaction to it is one of the sons, the younger sons. He's like. And the uh, the the mom's mother. The oh yeah, the grandma. Yeah. She, she runs away. She can't take it. Yeah. Which I wish there were more of that. Show them. Feeling something, even because, but but even though with the with the youngest son, he's like, he's like trying to justify it in with within himself somehow. Yeah, he's like yeah, but this is what we should do. This is normal. Yeah, and you see here, some people say, people will say, ah, but that's the point. Aren't you aren't you appalled by the fact that they don't care and you care? Yes. For but like five minutes. Yeah. But then the movie goes on for another ninety, and you're like. I get it. And then you throw in these, um, uh, oh, what's it called? That effect when when black becomes white and white becomes black kind of thing. Negative? Yeah, the negative of the girl putting apples or pears or whatever it is in like the working space for the... She's hiding hiding food for the starving Jews. Yeah. What the fuck was that? That was a real thing. She lived in the house with them and at night her mom would tell her to go leave food for the the prisoners. Oh, okay. That, That actually... Because this is based on reality. Like, sure. Uh, the Huss family was real, and that little girl existed. She did that. Okay, but why show that in negative? Because, yeah, I know. That, and that's where the experimental thing with this guy... What is his name? Stephen Knight, I think? No. What is it? Uh, Jonathan name? Glaser? Sorry, Jonathan Glaser. I make sense <laughs> with another guy. Jonathan Glaser. Uh, all, all of the movie is basically lit with just sunlight or, you know, regular... Normal uh, lamps, lamps. It's very natural. They yeah. use as little studio lighting as possible. So when filming night scenes, he didn't want to like put up a bunch of of, of big um, 
what are it called spotlights, spotlights and, and shit, shit yeah. to like to make the to make the night look all bright and you know so you can see what's happening because for that little girl it was pitch black when she ran around there sure yeah so they filmed it in pitch darkness but with uh, a with a with a heat uh, camera an IR yeah, yeah. camera kind of like uh, Dune Part Two did for yeah. that scene on Giddy Prime to but they did pretty. <laughs> Yeah, but to to not to not uh, uh, um, to not make it feel artificial to to, yeah, yeah, sure. to show how dark it really was for her. Problem is that made it look super fake. Yeah, it doesn't translate. It just looks weird. Yeah, uh, and then and if you don't ex- if you don't explain that to people watching, they're gonna go, "Why is this part in negative?" Yeah, which. They won't. You, and a, a regular person won't go. Oh, I understand. They want to show how re- dark it really is without shining a light on the character. Like, no, I didn't yeah. get that. I'm the normal person in this case. I didn't understand it. I just thought this is some weird ass like artistic installation inside of all of it. All yeah, of a sudden, this huh? This is the antithesis of American fiction, where this is not <laughs> very approachable yeah. for everyone. This is yeah. very, very experimental. To its detriment, I think. Also, the fact that it's released now makes um, one of the more popular reviews on Letterboxd very... <clears throat> oh, tricky, God. I guess. Someone the guy gave like Mitchell... one star or whatever. No, he gave it three stars. Uh, Mitchell Beaupre. Truly horrifying how many people are going to watch this movie, rate it highly and bestow it awards and whatever, and then still be pro-Israel. This is literally yeah. about you. Which is... But that's that's kind of funny as well because, you know, Israel they're they're Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this yeah. is about the killing of Jews. Yeah, I see what he's getting at, but it's also like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm you know, pretty I'm sure not, that's not, not what they were trying to do. No, by the way. <laughs> of course not. And also, I just want to say, I do not. Cond- I'm not pro-Israel in this situation. No. Um, but you know what? I can fully understand why. Uh, after f- after two two thousand plus years of persecution and hatred, uh, the people in Israel said, "You know what? We've had enough of this. Fuck you. We're gonna bomb you now." Yeah, it's not the right thing to do, but I can fully understand why they were like, "We've had enough of this. Now we have nukes." <laughs> Basically, yeah. That whole situation um, is just a shit show in general. Yeah, and so this movie has nothing to do with that. That is ew. that is. That is typical fucking modern person. Like, oh, it's actually, but no, it's not. Yeah. It's about what happened uh, uh, eighty years ago. Yeah. Shut up. Which that's the part. Also, I'm like, we've seen this this whole Nazi anti propaganda movies for yeah about eighty years now. Are we not done with that? Do yeah. We really need more of it. They tried. To Everyone do knows no, that yes. what they did was wrong. We know, but. This that is one of those things where we need to be constantly reminded so we do not repeat it. Sure. That that is why we have history, you know. Yeah, but we we're repeat we're we're reminded in other ways. Can we not make movies about other stuff now? I I don't think it's a problem that we oh, okay. were reminded through a film. I'm fine with that. I just think that this one didn't work. Yeah, maybe that's uh, why. At I'm least annoyed. not for me. Because it didn't work. I, I I wrote this as well. Um, after I said that the the shock of the situation wears off, if this was some kind of interactive interactive exhibit at a museum where you could walk through the house and maybe even sit down and drink coffee in the garden, all the while hearing the factory noises mixed Ooh. with the screams and gunfire, and maybe even smell the smoke, because they 
everything must have been covered in soot. Yeah, that's why we have this one scene where the mother like closes all the windows and and uh, pulls in yeah. the laundry because she oh it's gonna be dirty by the the smoke. Oh uh, yeah, also she closes the window to not hear it. There's yeah. constantly because they have all the windows open because it's summer, but. You know, when they have a conversation, they always close and the windows. Those the are the smell. little details that people love. Yeah. Um, but imagine you can hear that. Uh, that would be powerful. That would really make you feel. Yes. As a movie, though, it didn't work all the way for me. No, so, exactly. Like, I, I didn't dislike it. Once again, this is a three out of five for me. I think it's a good movie. I just think it would... It, it, uh, no, it's a, it's a good experiment. Not a great movie. I think it's a bad movie and, it fa- and a failed experiment, if I'm being no. honest. No. It did not do anything except for annoy me. <laughs> so, it's one of those, though. I, I hate that. Just like with Jorgos Lanthimos, I love Stephen Jonathan Glaser. <laughs> Jonathan Glaser. Yeah. I don't know why I think his name is Stephen Knight. That's another Oh, book. right. He did Under the Skin. Under well. the Skin. Uh, Once again, hiding cameras, natural light. Oh, yeah. I gave that one one star as well. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. See, I don't like him. I He's love not that my movie. cup of tea. Yeah. Let's leave yeah. it at that. Um, let's leave it at that. Next. Let's go with Maestro. So we yes, get all the, the generic shit out of the way. Maestro today. It took me all day to finish it because it's very... It's very... It's very... It's a lot. There's a lot. Especially in the beginning. It is So the very, much happening. <laughs> it is the very definition of Oscar bait. Oh, yeah. It's a tearjerker. Um, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's a character study where... The, the lead actor, who's also the director here... And writer, and producer. Has, yeah, has all the spotlight on him. He has makeup to make himself look as this historical person he's playing. Yeah. Um, it is it is everything that a, an Oscar winner should have, which makes it should make, means it shouldn't win Oscars. It, that's what we call Oscar bait. It's also just not that good. <laughs> no, it's fine. What did I write about it? You wrote um, uh, a pretty by the numbers biopic. It's Oscar bait, but not the worst I've ever seen. My favorite part was when Bradley Cooper spent the entire movie doing stereotyp- yeah. stereotypical Jew guy voice with a giant fake nose glued to, fa- glued to his face. Nick Mullen would be proud. Because <laughs> this is this is a white Catholic man who goes around with a giant nose on his face. You know that's that 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 yeah, yeah the Jew knows the Jew knows yeah and he goes oh he goes around talking like this all the time he's like this is borderline racist yeah <laughs> no I'm really trying to be uh, whatever his name is Leonard Bernstein yeah but you also sound like the Jewish dad character in in Family Guy yeah Oy vey. <laughs> yeah now I'm gay and also he's. I'm sure Leonard Bernstein was gay or bisexual. I'm not entirely sure what they're trying to make here, but they're they're, they're like never, exaggerating been... it to a point where it's just annoying. It's one of those things where it has never been. He never said it. Sure, from what I understand, he never confirmed it. No, no, no. But, but it was always there, like in his in his like memoirs and stuff like that. Yeah, and he had male and female lovers. He married a yeah. woman, but he still loved men. Whatever. And they had to make that the whole thing here. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They had to make that the entirety of his personality, which I'm pretty sure was not if he's such a great mus- composer and, and uh, that's, conductor. That's so of the time as well. This is a story about a closeted gay man. But he's not closeted. Uh, he's very bit. much out of the closet to the point where his children are uncomfortable with it. 
Yeah. Like he kisses men out on the street. If you keep this up, you're gonna die a lonely old queen. (laughs) That's that's the thing, though, as well. He gets to marry a girl. They both love each other, obviously, even though they fight a lot. And in the middle, they resent. She resents him for taking other lovers because she's too busy not getting someone else. It's uh, it's so. I don't know. It's so messy. Yeah, it's so. You know what? I, I don't know. I gave it three and a half stars. Jesus Christ, yeah, that's a little much. I gave it two. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not even sure I like the acting, but by most uh, parts, he was fine. I like Carrie Mulligan. I'm I'm not a fan in general of her, but I think she was good. You know, who I really liked in this. Who constantly, once again, is is just uh, uh, sidelined in his acting career. Matt fucking Bomer, who's yeah. so good. I, I was uh, like, wait, is that him? <laughs> yeah, it's Matt Bomer. He should have bigger roles. He's good. Yeah, him and uh, Maya Hawk actually did, did Maya pretty Hawk well good. with what little she had. Both of them with yeah. what little they had. Yeah. Now, this is Even typical. Even Sarah this- Silverman <laughs> outperformed Bradley Cooper in this. And I don't like Sarah Silverman. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> this just felt like, like Bradley Cooper while well, jerking himself off. Yes, yes. To an image of himself. And that's kind of funny because he, uh, in interviews and stuff, he seems to genuinely, like, he was, this was his passion project. Sure. Uh, but, but, and he, like, <laughs> it, it was, he, you can see him get, like, and not not acting, you know, but be genuinely emotionally affected in interviews talking about Leonard Bernstein and stuff. And, you know, sure. good for him. Yeah. But this movie... Uh, and uh, 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 um, A Star is Born, which came out a few years ago, which he also, it was his, his first directorial, his directorial oh, right. debut. Right, he did that one too. Oscar bait. Like, he, he can obviously, he can direct, but he tries too hard. Maybe he shouldn't act in what he's directing. Maybe, Maybe. that would help. Yeah. So, so he can focus on the directing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's a bad director. It's just... He tries too hard. It's too yeah. it's, it's too obvious that he wants to like show show him how fucking great I am. Yeah, but like, that's yeah, what I'm you're saying. good. He should but direct don't someone so else. Hard. Don't yeah. direct yourself. Don't put your like you're not you're just doing it for yourself now. Yeah. You need to showcase other people's talents to showcase your own actual talent. But that's that's kind of what's what I think is uh this is little a little theory I have about him as an actor, as a person. Because uh, there's a clip from, like, the late 90s. Do you remember the show Inside Actor Studio? Yeah, vaguely. Where James Lipton, who was a, 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 an acting teacher, an actor himself, uh, interviewed famous actors and sometimes, like, comedians, but mainly actors. And he did it um, at, I think, a New York acting school, something, something, where the audience was always made up by students at the school. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. And there is one episode where uh, Louis C.K. is being interviewed because he is he's mainly a comedian, but he, he also does act. He also directs yeah. movies nowadays. Um, and uh, towards the end of the, the show, they always let the audience, the students, ask questions because, you know, yes. it's a chance for them to learn from some of the greats, you know? And in that, in that audience, a young man named Bradley Cooper... 
Ooh. asks I don't remember exactly what the question is, but um uh he, he you know he's sitting there, you know, uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed like, oh I really <laughs> I really love acting, you know, I wanna get into be you know, make the big movies and everything and 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 uh, what what do you what do you think I should do basically? Yeah. And uh, and um, uh, Louis C.K. you know a famous curmudgeon just goes like ah, it's never gonna happen, kid. Like ninety percent of you are gonna fail and blah blah blah. <laughs> like uh, I'm not saying you're bad. It's just like prepare for disappointment. Yeah, yeah, that's reality. Like it's a fluke that look at me. It's a fluke. I shouldn't be here. He says basically. Yeah. And maybe you shouldn't either. And he's like, Ugh. so. And I, I mean, since then, like he started out. Doing like romantic comedies and shit. Like yes. he 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 um he he did the thing you should. He took every part he could. Fucking failure to launch and wedding crashers and movies like that. Yeah. And then he kind of had his big break once again in a comedy with uh uh The Hangover. Oh but yeah. But then from that, that he kind of he had his chance to like launch his career. So he went all in for like the big roles. Like, you know, Silver Linings uh, Playbook. Uh, yeah, that's uh, where it started Hustle, with all. It's called, and then of course now, and and he has this 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 typical like I'm an actor kind of acting in movies like yes. like uh, fucking even movies are good like Limitless. It's a great movie. He's good in it, but it's just like he's trying really hard to be a great actor. Yeah, and now that has translated into him making movies for himself, where he's trying so fucking hard to to tell Louis C.K. like. Fuck you! I became that actor that I wanted to be. I did but it. He, but he's trying too hard, which means yeah. he's never gonna be that actor, even though he can be. He's it's also he's such also a, overworked a, himself a little bit. It's such an Ouroboros, like he's eating his own tail. Like yeah. it's never gonna happen. You're just stuck in this now, uh, Oscar bait loop. Time yeah, is a in, flat circle. <laughs> throw in some uh, some Marvel just to make extra money. Oh yeah, exactly. Because he's Rocket, which I never liked him as Rocket. Hey, he's fine. I, Luckily, he's, he's just a voice. <laughs> yeah, I know, but yeah. I Thank never God got he's not actually like in like physically in the movie. That would be. <laughs> but that's what I think of Maestro. It's a try-hard movie. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not great. It's fine. It's, it's whatever. It's, it's middle a of the lot. road. It's very. It's very messy, in my opinion, because there's so much, like, back and forth happening. I, I didn't even follow it for the first, like, hour. No, I no. No, I, no idea what they were getting at. I had to read the synopsis to realize, oh, it's just a biopic. <laughs> I thought there was, like, supposed to be a story here, like, a message or something. No, 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 it's no, just no. a... They're just telling little Bernstein story. Yeah. yeah. And it ends with him dancing seductively... On a stage with that, which I thought was a club with one of his students in yeah. the modern days, which is just nasty. Weird. Yeah, yeah. He becomes that nasty old man who yeah, hits some which, like, young guys. If if my students dance with me, I'll give him I'll give him extra attention to make sure they actually <laughs> go somewhere in this world because I can make people famous now because I'm famous. Disgusting. Yeah. Although, sorry to Bernstein, whatever who you are, I don't know if you were actually. He's that a wonderful. Nasty. He's a wonderful composer. Sure, but he is. Uh, wonderful conductor, he is. I, I don't think this movie did him any favors. No. It made However, me look at him as a weird person. We, we've talked about this briefly during our Spoiler Awards uh, nominations. The scene where he uh, conducts the whatever philharmonic orchestra in the yeah. church is an amazing scene. Stuff like that is where he shines as a director. It's very, I... very technically uh, ful- fulfilling. 
I remember you saying that that was like one scene, one take. Yeah. But it's it's not. Mm, yes, it is. No, but there's a bunch of like different angles and shit. It is. They, it was filmed as one take. Sure, but then they filmed it with like five different cameras when they did it five times in one take. No, the camera keeps moving. No, but cut. it's like they cut to like a wide shot of the uh, choir and then you have the side shot of him and then you have the portrait of the girls in front singing. Then you have another angle of him. There's a bunch of cuts in it. Okay, maybe. Okay. All right. So I just, because I just kept, I had to like rewind that one twice. Be like, But they cut. How is this a one take? It's not, though. <laughs> I mean, like I said, they probably shot it in one take, but they had to have, like, multiple takes of the entirety or or multiple cameras and then just cutting where the camera happened to be in screen or something. In shot. I'm, also, I'm, I have to I'm say that the, the makeup of Bradley Cooper, because I'm looking at a picture of the actual Leonard Bernstein, yeah. terrible. He looks like a, a caricature of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even worse, then, because he looks even more of like a stereotypical Jew <laughs> compared to what Leonard Bernstein actually looks like. I. I yeah. yeah. I I think that movie was not a great biopic of someone. It's uh, it felt kind of rude, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> felt like more, more like a criticism of him than a. Uh, an an uh, an homage. No, no, no. it shows. It shows once again. It's, it shows all the complexities of a person. He's not all sure. good. He's not all bad. You know, he's a he's a human being with flaws, Rebecca. Sure, sure. Hell, you know, he loved his wife, even though he loved other people as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll this fearless that. love story chronicles the complicated lifelong relationship between music legend Leonard Bernstein and Felicia. Monteleagre Cohn Bernstein. Huh. It's complex. It's sure. difficult, Rebecca. Love. It's difficult. Anyway. Anywho, next movie. <laughs> What's the last one? Oh, Holdovers. Holdovers. Oh, Holdovers. What a wonderful, feel-good. a wonderful oh, movie. Lovely movie. So, so cozy. So... So nice, so warm, yeah. so beautiful, yeah. but at the same time, very affecting. Yeah. And yeah, it definitely helps that it takes place during Christmas. You said <laughs> it's not very Christmassy. This is an amazing Christmas movie. But it didn't feel like Christmas Christmas. Oh, I'm going to watch, watch it this. every Christmas. Sure, but you could also watch this in the middle of summer. Like, it wouldn't feel weird. No, but yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not. It's not a Christmas movie because it doesn't take place over Christmas. It takes no, it place over earlier. two weeks. Starts early, ends after. Yeah. yeah. But I would I, like the same way. Not that they're the same kind of movie, but the same way that it's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie, even though very little of it takes place on Christmas. Yeah. It it has that for me. It had that Christmas magic. Sure. Sure. It was you know people being stuck in a situation they didn't want to be in, and. Finally, you know they were they were bonding over you know shared shared trauma, shared hardships, you know. Yeah. And in the end, you know, even though it didn't that doesn't work <laughs> out perfectly for them, they're they're better people, both of them. Yes. And that last, 
It was it was almost a little bit of a uh, you know um, uh, uh, a dude's rock movie there in the end when, the, <laughs> when when he he told the the headmaster to basically fucking shove it yeah got fired but at least you know spoilers I suppose at least the kid got to stay at the school and he could realize who he really was and they're just standing there both holding back the fucking tears they want to hug so bad <laughs> yeah I mean it's just yeah you fucking Perfect. Thanks, man. And then just, just drive sure. off. Fuck! I loved it. Yes. It's a five out of five for me. I wish this came out in 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 Sweden in twenty twenty four because it was like oh, twenty twenty three. You mean? Oh, twenty twenty three. I mean, because this this or did it? No. I don't know if this has any like Swedish premiere date. Really? I think it was in theaters in Sweden. Oh no. Because in that case, why the fuck didn't I go see it? I'm such a bad person. No, yes! January 2024, Sweden. Ooh, I know who's going up for Spoiler Awards 2025. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've added this to the 2024 list. Yes, yes. Oh, it was amazing. I, there's nothing, I, there's nothing I can criticize in this movie. Nothing. Nothing. It's a perfect movie. No, it's not perfect. No, it's not a perfect movie, but it's it's you know it's up there. It's great. Yeah, it's a five out of five. And yes, I'm a little bit biased because it's a Christmas movie, but still, yeah. you don't even have to say more. It's just people hanging out, eating eating nice food. The only issue the I had was trying to figure out when the fuck does this take place? What year is this supposed? I think to be? it's supposed to be sixty nine. Oh, uh, okay. Because she it's, mentions, it's, he says. What a when at the the uh, Lydia's Christmas party, he says, "What a what a uh, wonderful Christmas tree you have, very space age." And she says, oh, right. "I got she it to commemorate the moon, the moon landing." So I'm right. guessing she bought it because that summer they landed on the moon. Yeah. So it's it's Christmas '69, New Year's Eve switch between '69 and '70. I think. Yeah, and it has uh, the Vietnam War has is or has just it's ended. going on. Yeah. No, it's going on. It's going on, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't explicitly say where when it takes place, but I'm I'm guessing it's around there. Yeah, because they're talking about the moon landing in the Vietnam War. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that oh, that's wow! It was actually shot digitally on an Ari Alexa Mini. Uh, that tells me nothing. If I'm uh, it's it's a very small, very digital camera. But <coughs> okay. The Ari cameras are good, but this looked so genuine. This is one of those. Where, where you know, we talked about how you can tell the difference between digital and film. I couldn't tell. I was pretty sure this was shot on film. Oh, sure. Sorry, I just read the trivia. Where I was gonna... <laughs> <Yeah>? <laughs> just showing how, how, how old, well, how young some people are. Um, the kid who played Angus Tully, Dominic Sessa, um, yep. <laughs> when he was shooting the scene where Angus calls home, he flubbed the take because he didn't know how to dial... And had to be shown. It hadn't occurred to anyone that he had never used a rotary phone before. <sighs> I mean, we didn't we didn't grow up with rotary phones, but we know how they work. We, yeah, we had one at home phones. for a while for some reason. No, our grandma had. We, our but grandma we had, had right. We had old eighties dial tone. Sure, phones, sure, sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for a long time, we had a landline yeah. at home. Yeah. <sighs> we, I mean, we didn't even have cordless phones until the two thousands. 
Yeah, we were very slow on yeah. anything and everything. I mean, I played The Sims 3, I think. No, well, at least Sims 2 on the dial-up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when uh, this will never, never, ever, uh, like, I will never forget this. I had bought Batman Begins on Blu-ray. So this was sometime yeah. in the end of 20, 2005 or beginning of 2006. My friend and his girlfriend was coming over to watch it. And they're like, we'll bring popcorn. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to watch Batman, eat popcorn. And they brought microwave popcorn. I was like, uh, we don't have a microwave in 2005. <laughs> we also had, for some reason, still had one of those fat TVs. Because we compared, uh, yeah. uh, was it Batman Begins, I think, to because you bought like a flat screen for your room, yeah. and mom and dad still had the fat one in the living room. So we compared. No, they, they had an HDTV at that point, because that was 2008. They had a flat screen TV by then. Okay. But there it was one movie TV, though, you but... compared like the, the differences of like yeah. the DVD no. on a regular TV and then the Blu-ray, I think, on. Yeah, because they had got, they had got a, an HDTV. I had a PlayStation 3, so I could play Blu-rays, you know, yeah. 1080p picture. <laughs> so for that Christmas, I said, I, I I wish for The Dark Knight on Blu-ray. Yeah. They didn't know what that was. They Ew. still barely know. Mom barely knows what a Blu-ray is. Dad <laughs> maybe knows. Um, so they bought it on DVD, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to <laughs> say it. Thank you. It's still the movie, you know. It's still the movie, yeah. But then later that year, or the next year, in 2009, I bought it on Blu-ray. Yeah. And I compared the two. And that's where it also discovered that, I don't know if it has to do with the resolution or not, but uh, the same movie is different lengths. Yes. Based on if it's DVD or Blu-ray. And not because there's more scenes or anything, it just... The Blu-ray moves faster moves, somehow. No, slower. It's slower, longer right, on slower. Blu-ray. And if it's a really long movie, it like there's it's like several minutes difference. Eventually, yeah. Even if it's the same movie with the same scenes, which is so weird. I never looked into why that is, but I found it out. Yeah. When I when I compared the two, because I couldn't I couldn't line them up for more than like thirty seconds. I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Anyway. Anyway, that was a that was a a long weird. tangent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's, a, there's no, nothing. You, no. There's nothing more to say about holdovers. No, no. Uh, it's just a. It's just a cozy, nice, good movie. Yeah. Such a feel good movie. Such a feel good movie. So wonderful. The classic, like all three characters are, are kind of grumpy and and unlikable, really. But you know they grow on you and they grow yeah, on, and as you, they and grow you find on each out other. why they have yeah. they have they're they're complex. They all they're, have reasons. They're, yeah, they're flawed characters. Stories. They're, yeah, it's wonderful. Three amazing performances as well. Oh God, yes. I can see why both um, what's her name, Davine da Joy and. Uh, What's Paul his Giamatti? name? Shit, Paul Giamatti are both nominated Giamatti. for for acting. Uh, oh, they Oscars. would have been in the spoiler awards as well. Oh, Again, yeah. if we had watched this in oh, the right yeah. time. <sighs> yeah. Wonderful movie, absolutely wonderful. So, do you have all the Academy Award nominations up? This is a I little do. fun thing. Yeah, I made a little. I made a little list. Uh, the o- Oscars twenty twenty four Best Picture. And I've I've ranked them obviously by my ratings. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, not which movie is gonna win the Oscar. We'll discuss that on Patreon. Yes. <laughs> um, but how would you rank all the nominees from t- bottom to top? From bottom to top. Yeah. 
I have then Zone of Interest at a half star. Uh, I have Barbie <laughs> and Maestro and Poor Things. I think they're all uh, on two stars. Uh, no, Poor Things actually got a half a star extra for, for Flair, basically. Yeah. Then we have uh, Killers of the Flower Moon with uh, three and a half stars. Past Lives, uh, four stars. Holdovers, four stars. American Fiction, four stars. And Oppenheimer, four and a half. So, spoiler for Patreon. you If you had to pick who wins the best Oscar, best movie Oscar, it would be Oppenheimer? Yes. Out of these ones. I mean, it's... it's yeah, I mean, I would, I would like to see something else win, but I this would probably get my vote, vote because you can't, you can't really compare it to Oppenheimer. It was yeah. very. Ah, I don't know how to explain it. Very grasping, very large, very demanding. Very, I mean, it's stuck in my head. Parts of it. Oh yeah. Even though I, uh, the more we talk about it, even though I haven't rewatched it, but I've only seen clips and scenes of it, past lives is growing on me enormously. Yeah, you keep saying that. <laughs> and I don't even have, like I said, I don't even have to rewatch it. I've only seen clips and bits and pieces, and we only talked about it, and it's, it's still growing on me. Like every time I happen to see the poster, I'm like, ah, that movie. <laughs> I think it moved me somehow. <laughs> yeah, no. It has but I, me as well. We talked about this. Yeah. It's so hard to, to rate something for an Oscar because I, I don't take the Oscar seriously. No. I hope that they're not going to give it to something else just because of what it is. I Like, Barbie does not deserve to win no. an Oscar. It's not a great movie in that way. No. It was funny and kind of pretty, but that's it. That's not Oscars worthy. That's not award worthy. No. And a, and a movie that wins an award should have more to it than just a pretty picture. Yeah, there's there's there needs to be substance. There needs to be uh, outstanding performances by the people in the movie and the people who made the movie. And Oppenheimer is is a very good like conglomerate of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out of the, out of the nominees for best best movie, best picture, for me, it's pretty. I mean, now holdovers, but yeah, as good as it is. It's not as much of a experience. Yeah, there's not enough. This is gonna sound rude, kind of, but there's not enough work put into it because it's so. Yeah, I know what you you mean. But you know what I mean. It's it's so simple in in the execution compared to Oppenheimer, which put in so much work with um, creating recreating the atom bomb for Christ's sake. (laughs) Like there's there's so much more going on behind the scenes it feels like yeah yeah they deserve uh, recognition for that i i feel like it's for me at least should be oppenheimer yeah uh followed closely by holdovers and killers of the flower moon yeah i would say um like my ranking is obviously just my opinion on uh, watching yeah, of the movies but if i had to like rank them for oscars it's Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, American Fiction. Oh, yeah, American Fiction as well. Yeah. Um, I have a horrible feeling that Past Lives and Poor Things... Uh, no, uh, Maestro and Poor Things are going to get higher scores than Past Lives, for example, and Holdovers. Like, if you were to score the movies within the Oscars. No. Um, 
a movie like The Holdovers and Past Lives, which are two of my absolute favorites on this they're list, gonna be are going to be bottom. Yeah, unfortunately. Because they're too simple. Too safe. Too safe, yeah. They're Even not though... bombastic. They're not touching on like a difficult subject. They're touching on love, basically, and that's it. Yeah. Every other movie is talking about something more, something more important. Yeah. And that's... <clears throat> I that's mean, why I don't like the Oscars. Yeah, and sure, we have our own award ceremony now, but that's kind of why you shouldn't, like, you shouldn't pit movies against each other like that. No. But it's fun. We're just telling you, with our award show, we're just telling you what we liked. Yeah. For for different reasons, which yeah. is why we have many more categories as well. Yes. Yeah. You can't put a, a, a drama against a comedy or a horror movie. You need to separate them because they cannot compete to, with each other. It's like fucking well, apples and oranges. Yeah, not you know? always. No. Not always, but like in general. There are exceptions. Of course, there's and always I think exceptions. At that, we should wrap this up because this yes. was the once again a long episode, but that was because we had yes. a lot to talk about. So, yeah. And we're probably going to continue talking about this on Patreon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we will a little bit. I think Patreon is going to be... A, a rant episode, a conversation episode. Yes. Because we don't have anything specific to talk about other than movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe and the like button if you haven't already. And leave your comments. What's your favorite Oscar bait movie or whatever? You know, leave a comment. Yeah. Um, also, once again, check us out on patreon.com slash don't make a scene for literally hundreds of hours of exclusive episodes. And we will see you next week when we're doing the spoiler awards, right? I think yeah. it's time for that, yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give you our favorite movies, favorite directors, favorite writers and actors and all that next week. So stay tuned for that. But until then, have a good one. Bye! Bye. The spoiler cast is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It is produced and directed by Tobias Vedin and hosted by Tobias and Rebecca Vedin. Executive producer is Annika Vedin. I also want to give a huge shout out to all our patrons over on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Mom, Dad, Christopher Berlin, Daniel Geiso, Mac and Mom, Laura Kinney, CK85.